Welcome to the Shepherd's Voice with Pastor Johnny Awanyo. This simple, scripturally sound preaching and teaching of the Word of God will direct you to Jesus, the Good Shepherd. Follow the Shepherd's Voice into the green pastures that God has purposed for you. There, you'll find rest for your soul and the fulfilled Christian experience you crave. God bless you as you listen. Praise the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. Let us pray. Father, we are thankful to you tonight and we are blessed to be here again. Thank you, Father, for these times of importation. We come and we gather in your name before, because we believe that there is an impartation you want to grant unto us. An impartation of your spirit, an impartation of your wisdom, an impartation of your word. And I pray in the name of Jesus that tonight you will bless each and every one of us in the name of Jesus. May we be greatly blessed because we came. We thank you, Father, tonight. We know that you are here, moving in our midst, and we worship you because of that. We know that you are here, and you will be working in this place, and for that we worship you and we bless you. We thank you, Father. We give you glory and honor. You are here. Moving in our midst, I worship you, I worship you, you are here, working in this place, I worship you, I worship you, said you are here. We're moving in our midst, oh yes. I worship you. I worship you. You are here, working in this place. I worship you. I worship you. Because you are Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. Waymaker, waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. You are here. You are here touching every heart. So I worship you. I worship you. You are here. Healing every heart. Healing every You are here. You are here. Oh yeah. Mending every heart. Hallelujah. I worship you tonight. I worship you. 
name of Jesus and let everybody say amen. amen clap unto the Lord once again and you may be seated hallelujah amen and amen this evening I want to share a message with you title of the message is heal our land heal our land and we're taking our text, our scripture text from Second Chronicles chapter 7, reading from verse 11. Second Chronicles chapter 7, reading from verse number 11. So Solomon finished the temple of the Lord as well as the royal palace. He completed everything he had planned to do in the construction of the temple and the palace. I pray that God will give you the ability to finish every assignment that he's giving to you in this life. My prayer for you is that everything that he has planned for you, you will bring to completion in the name of Jesus. May you not exit this world until you have finished your purpose in the name of Jesus the Bible says he who has begun a good work in us will be faithful to complete it many people start things and are never able to bring to completion but that will be minus you anything you start you will finish 
this Christian race, you will finish that race. You will not fall out. You know, sometimes when you watch athletics, particularly long distance races, many people start, but there are some who drop off. And I remember in secondary school how disappointed we were in our athletes who start the race and they don't finish it. Ghana had an athlete like that. I won't mention his name. He used to run 100 meters. And before any major competition, he would do so well. And he could run less than 10 seconds for 100 meters. There were competitions we went for that we were excited and had a lot of hope. That as for this particular competition, we will by all means come home with a medal, even if it's a wooden one. But amazingly, every time something happens to this our athlete and he doesn't finish the race. Masupu. I used to ask myself that this guy, what has been following him from his village? It's a very unfortunate thing. But I'm declaring concerning you that every good thing that you start in this life, you will finish it by the grace of God. Nobody will have cause to laugh at you that you started something and you didn't finish. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. It continues. Then one night, the Lord appeared to Solomon and said, may God appear to us and may he speak to us. He said, I have heard your prayer and have chosen this temple as the place for making sacrifices. At times, and I want you to take note of this, at times, you can put it in this way, there may be times that I might shut up the heavens so that no rain falls. Or command grasshoppers to devour your crops. Or send plates among you. Verse 14. Then if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and restore their land. Can you give me verse 14 in the King James Version of the Bible, please? If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Lift up your hand and say, heal our land. Now say with me, heal Ghana, our homeland. Hallelujah. But God refrained him and said he was not the one to build a house for him. 
but rather his son who was going to come after him will fulfill that assignment. And so Solomon built a magnificent temple to the glory of God. Prior to that time, the Ark of the Covenant or the temple of God was in a movable tent. And that is what we call the tabernacle. The tabernacle. It was after Solomon built this house of God that we now started referring to it as the temple. And not only did he build this temple, but he built his own palace. Because as you build the house of God, you should expect God to give you the ability to build your own house. Hallelujah. May you help to build the house of God. For in so doing, God will empower you to build your own house. You will live in your own house one day. I'll say it again. You will live in your own house one day. You will not live for the rest of your life in rented premises. Whoever believes this prophecy, may it become a reality unto you. Hallelujah. Do not look at yourself and your present state and condition. And conclude that what the pastor is saying, it can never happen to me. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. One day, the prophet Jeremiah proclaimed and declared, Ah, Lord God, thou hast made the heavens and the earth by thy great power and by thy outstretched arm. And then he concluded and said, Nothing is too hard for thee. And that is why I believe that God will elevate you highly in this life and bring you to a place of blessing. Your amen is not convincing. Thunder your amen. Thunder your amen. Hallelujah. After he finished constructing the temple and his own house, God appeared to him. We do not know whether it was a dream, a trance, a vision, or God physically manifested himself. Because there are examples in scripture where God physically manifested himself. When he appeared to Abraham on his way to Sodom to destroy the place, he appeared physically. When he appeared to, appeared to Jacob and wrestled with him all night long, he appeared physically. When Moses pleaded with him to show him his glory, he appeared physically. How be it just his backside. So God can appear physically. It's just that some of us, because of the way we are scare cats, if God appears physically, there will be a serious problem. And we will spoil the divine visitation. 
we will scream. Everybody in the neighborhood will hear that something is happening. And before he realized, the visitation is spoiled. So God appeared to Solomon and told him that the prayers that you lifted up to me, this was during the dedication of the temple. Because during the dedication of the temple, he cried out to God and he prayed to God. And one of the things he reminded God of in that time of prayer was that God, if we err, if we go wrong, if we fail you, if we disobey your commandments, and there is pestilence and famine and all kinds of challenges in the land. God, when we cry out to you from this temple, please hear and forgive us. And when God appeared to him, God made a promise to him and said, at times, I might shut up the heavens so that no rain falls or even command grasshoppers to devour your crops or send plagues among you. What that means, ladies and gentlemen, is that there are times when God allows a nation to go through hardship, to go through struggles, to go through times of difficulty. And there are times when God himself allows these bad experiences to occur in the land. And this is something I want you to be aware of. This is something I want us to understand. That there are times when God deliberately allows bad things to happen to us. Yes, it makes us feel uncomfortable. Yes, it's a struggle to believe that. That how can a good God allow bad things to happen to us? But he does. And all through scripture, we see it happening. In fact, you see it a lot to do with the people of Israel. And when God gave his laws to them, he told them that if you do certain things, I will bless you. And he went ahead to enumerate the blessings that he was going to bring upon the land. But it did not just end there. Then he continued and said some terrifying things to them. Look at Deuteronomy chapter 28, reading from verse 15. Deuteronomy 28, verse 15 to 20. It says, but if you refuse to listen to the Lord your God and do not obey all the commands and decrees I am giving you today, all these curses will come and overwhelm you. Your towns and your fields will be cursed. Your fruit baskets and bread balls will be cursed. Your children and your crops will be cursed. The offspring of your heads and flocks will be cursed. Wherever you go and whatever you do, you will be cursed. The Lord himself will send on you curses. 
confusion and frustration in everything you do. I thought somebody would say, mercy Lord. Yo, you don't say it well. Until at last you are completely destroyed for doing evil and abandoning me. Jump to verse 45. If you refuse to listen to the Lord your God and to obey the commands and decrees he has given you, all these curses will pursue and overtake you until you are destroyed. These horrors will serve as a sign and warning among you and your descendants forever. If you do not serve the Lord your God with joy and enthusiasm for the abundant benefits you have received, you will serve your enemies whom the Lord will send against you. You will be left hungry, thirsty, naked, and lacking in everything. The Lord will put an iron yoke on your neck, oppressing you harshly until he has destroyed you. Verse 58. If you refuse to obey all the words of instruction that are written in this book, and if you do not fear the glorious and awesome name of the Lord your God, then the Lord will overwhelm you and your children with indescribable plagues. These plagues will be intense and without relief, making you miserable and unbearably sick. He will afflict you with all the diseases of Egypt that you feared so much. And you will have no relief. The Lord will afflict you with every sickness and plague there is. Even those not mentioned in this book of instruction. Example. COVID. Until you are destroyed. Though you become as numerous as the stars in the sky, few of you will be left because you would not listen to the Lord your God. You know, this is very frightening and very scary. And it's important for us to understand that and I've given this illustration before. Does anybody have a coin? Mm. This is a 20 peso coin. It's money that we use in the Republic of Ghana. And it's legal tender. You can use it to pay for things. Unfortunately, we are in times where there is nothing that you can buy for 20 pesos apart from pebble. One. It will reach. Alewa. It's 30 pesos. Hacks. 30 pesos. Blade. 50 pesos. Oh, 20 pesos. (laughs) 
Now, if you give somebody who is begging for money, even one CD, he can easily insult you. Yeah. One day somebody knocked on my window a couple of days ago. And it looked very suspicious to me. Because he just appeared out of nowhere. So I just took <laughs> one city. And I was opening the window to give to him. I didn't open it fully small. He looked at it and then he turned and he walked away. Nobody has ever done anything like that to me before. But what it is is I, I carry a lot of these loose change with me because I want to try as much as possible to give everyone who asks something. Do you see? Yes. But he turned and he walked away. Anyway, that's another story. This is a 20 peso coin. It has two sides. One side is called the head. And the other side is called the tail. On the head of this 20 peso coin, there is a, co a cocoa pod that has been split or cut up into two halves. Representing Ghana's main cash crop. Is Ghana, has Ghana regained its position as the number one exporter or producer? It's still Cote d'Ivoire. All right. So on the head, there's a 20 peso coin. On the tail, there is the coat of arms of Ghana which has freedom and justice written at the bottom. Now, anytime you throw a coin, either one of the sides will show. It may be the head or it may be the tail. It is the same coin. It is not a different coin. But sometimes when you look at it, you see the head. Sometimes when you look at it, you see the tail. There are different sides to God. There are different sides to our Lord and Savior. He is the Lamb of God who taketh away the sins of the world. And he is also the savior. That is the side of him that we sing about. When we sing a song like. Gentle Jesus. Meek and mild. Look upon the little child. Pity my simplicity. Suffer me to come to thee. Gentle Jesus meek and mild. So that's one side of him. One day John the Baptist 
pointed Jesus out to those who had gathered in the wilderness to listen to him. He said, Behold the Lamb of God who taketh away the sins of the world. A lamb is a gentle creature. I've never heard of a lamb attacking anybody before. And Jesus Christ, on the day he was crucified, he was led to the slaughter like a lamb. And he said nothing. He looked weak, powerless, and helpless. But that's just one side of him. The one who shed his blood to pay the price for our sins. In our current dispensation, that is who he is. The Lamb of God, our Savior. But in the world to come, he's going to be manifested to us. Not as a lamb, but as a lion and as the judge. And when that world comes into existence, which is during his second coming, there will be no more appearance of a lamb. No more appearance of a savior. There will be an appearance of a lion and a judge. A lion is a frightening predator. Often referred to as the king of the forest. Its roar sends shivers down the spine of virtually all other creatures. A very frightening animal. And that is who the Bible describes our Savior as. He's called the Lion of the tribe of Judah. So there's a side of God that is gentle, that is kind, that is merciful, full of loving kindness and tender mercies. But there's also another side of him that is frightening. That is devastating. That executes judgment on mankind. So that side of God is there. But God doesn't like to show that side of him. And for now, the side of him that he keeps showing to us is that side of him as a merciful God, as a kind God, as a God who is slow to anger and quick to forgive and long-suffering towards us. And that is the side of him that he has chosen to show. And that this dispensation of grace and mercy 
there are times when he reveals something else. But the side of him that he prefers to show is the side of him as a merciful God and as a kind God. And that's the side of him we should pray that we will experience all the time. Can I have an amen from somebody? Yeah. But never ever think that God is blind and that God is not just. Just enough to punish us. And the, one of the main reasons why he sent Jesus was because he realized and this was even before the nation of Israel was born, before the laws of God were given. God knew that he was going to form a nation to himself and was going to give laws and all of that. But he now he knew that the people, they cannot fulfill the law. He knew that they would not be able to fulfill the law because the rule is that if you break one, you have broken all. And there, if I'm not wrong, 630 laws. How can you keep all of them? And Jesus wanted us to understand the impossibility of the situation. That is why in his first sermon, he explained to the people that you say an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But what God really expects you to do is to do good to those who hurt you or harm you or despitefully use you. And he knew that it's difficult for us to do something like that. And he explains that the law says you shall not commit adultery. But before anybody starts feeling cute, he explains that if you look at a woman and you lust after her, you have already committed adultery in your heart. What was he trying to do with these teachings? To let us see and understand that by grace are we saved through faith and that not of works and not of ourselves it is the gift of God and God knew that without the provision of Jesus to come and shed his blood and pay the price for our sins he will always have to punish us and destroy us and at the end of it or banish us to hell and he didn't want to do that so we read, for God so loved the world. And the world is made up of the nations of the world. That means God loves all the nations of the world. That he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Thank God for his love. And thank God for Jesus and what he came to do. But the reality still stands. That there are times and there are instances when God allows bad things to happen to us. And if you take a nation, for example, 
if you take the people of Israel, these things that I read, these terrible things that I just read, actually happened to them. It happened to that nation. And there are certain things that bring the judgment of God upon his people and upon any nation and upon any land. Number one, when we do not listen to God and do not obey his instructions, it brings the judgment of God. When there is a lot of sin, evil, and wickedness in the land, it brings the judgment of God. When we abandon God, it brings his judgment. When we do not serve God willingly and joyfully, it brings judgment. And when we do not fear the Lord, it brings his judgment. And all of these things, you can pick them from the verses that I read from Deuteronomy chapter 28. But the good news, ladies and gentlemen, is that God is kind. And God is merciful. And he doesn't set out to destroy permanently. Particularly during this dispensation of grace and mercy. And even when he causes his judgment, when he causes devastation, when he causes pestilence, when he causes destruction to come upon a nation, he shows us and he has shown us in his word what to do so that there will be a reversal of that bad situation. That is how kind and merciful God is. And so we read in 2 Chronicles 7, 40, that if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. God said this after he had declared to Solomon that at times, in verse 13, I might shut up the heavens so that no rain falls or command grasshoppers to devour your crops or send plagues upon you. And the times when he does that and the reasons why he does that are what I listed to you when we abandon him when we disobey him, when we don't listen to him, when there's so much wickedness and evil and sin in the land. But the good news is that there is a remedy and there is a solution. And there are four things that God said, if we do, it will lead to a healing of the land, a healing of a nation, the restoration of a people. Number one, He said, verse 14, If my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves. Now, it's important for me to draw your attention to the first part which says, If my people which are called by my name. So God is not talking to everybody. He's talking specifically to his people. 
the people of God, the children of God, if you like, believers and the followers of Jesus Christ. If you like, you can interpret that. It's not a general message to every nation and everybody in the nation. But it is targeting specifically God's people. And in that particular time when the scripture came, it was referring to the nation of Israel. But now we are all part of the commonwealth of Israel. And we are the people of God. And he says the conditions, number one, if we humble ourselves. That's the first condition. If we humble ourselves. Why is it important for us to humble ourselves? James chapter 4 verse 10. James 4 verse 10. Humble yourselves before the Lord. New Living Translation, please. And he will lift you up in honor. If we want God to lift us up. And if we want God to honor us. If we want God to bring us to a place of blessing, of abundance, of peace, and of joy, there is a condition we must meet, which is that we must humble ourselves. Can I have an amen? First Peter chapter 5, verse 5 to 6. In the same way, you who are younger must accept the authority of the elders. And all of you, dress yourselves in humility as you relate to one another. For God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Verse 6. So, humble yourselves under the mighty power of God, and at the right time, he will lift you up in honor. When God says here that we should humble ourselves, what is he really saying? In the context of this verse, what he's saying is that we must acknowledge and admit our sins, our mistakes, our failures as the people of God, and we must show deep remorse for them. That's what God means by humble yourselves. I'll take it again. We must acknowledge and admit our sins, our mistakes, our failures as God's people and show deep remorse for them. We must recognize that as the people of God, and let me relate it specifically to the nation of Ghana, as the people of God, we have failed God where this nation is concerned. And we have not been the light of this land. We have not been the salt of this land. As believers and as Christians, we were supposed to make a difference where we are. In our neighborhoods, in our communities, at our workplaces, in the society, in our schools, wherever we find ourselves. But we have not made a major difference. We have rather become part of the problem. And so, it is very difficult to tell the difference between the believers and the unbelievers at our workplaces, in our communities, 
in our schools. We do virtually everything that the unbelievers do. And so there's a struggle to see the difference. There are things that we have even imported into the church with the excuse that we want to make the church attractive to their unbelievers. We failed. And we must, if we want God to heal our land, acknowledge and admit our sins, our mistakes, and our failures as a people. And we must show deep remorse for them. That means we must regret, we must show regret, and we must repent from those things. That's the first condition. Number two, pray. He says, if my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray. That's the second thing that God is calling on us to do. God is calling on his people to do. God is calling on believers in Ghana to do, to pray. Not to criticize. Not to defend the indefensible. Not to accuse. Not to attack. Not to lament. Not to complain. But to pray. That's what God is expecting us to do. Because we complain as much as the unbelievers do. We argue unnecessarily like the way unbelievers do. We practice party politics or partisan politics like the unbelievers do. We lambast the government and our leaders like the unbelievers do. We accuse. We complain. We murmur, we attack. But what God is expecting us to do in order to heal our land, we don't do that, which is to pray. How many of us pray constantly for the nation? Pastors, churches, there are a lot of prayer meetings that go on. How many times have you heard those who lead these prayer meetings pray for our nation, Ghana? But God says, if my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray. So in Matthew 7, 7 to 8, Jesus says, Keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. Everyone who seeks, finds. And to everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. In essence, Jesus was calling on us to pray. Because there is an aspect of prayer which is asking. There is an aspect of prayer which is seeking. And there is an aspect of prayer 
which is knocking. And if we want God to heal our land, then one of the conditions that he's calling on us to fulfill is to pray. Third condition, seek God's face. Seek God's face. First Chronicles 16, 11. It says, search for the Lord and for his strength. Continually seek him. Psalms 105 verse 4. Search for the Lord and for his strength. Continually seek him. And God says, for him to heal our land and to forgive our sins, we must seek his face. That means we must thank to God and look to him for the solution to our national problems. You know, we will be deluded if we think that IMF is the solution to our problems. That the World Bank is the solution to our problems. That our donor partners, the European Union, the Western world, have the solution to our problems. It is total delusion. To think that they love us armor, that they would help us to solve our problems. It is not true. And that is why turning to them must not be the lasting solution to the problems of this nation. Instead of turning to them, as a permanent solution to our problems, I am announcing to you that we have to turn to God and seek his face. When we seek his face, one of the things that I believe he will give unto us is wisdom. Wisdom to understand that truly speaking, we do not need IMF. We do not need the world. We do not need the Western world. We do not need the European Union. We do not need China or any of these so-called countries to make our nation work. Because domestically, everything that we need to make us prosper is within. Look at our lands. Look at our water bodies. Now, some of the nations that we have turned to for help are destroying our lands, are in the forefront of those who are destroying our water bodies. So, there's his name, Nat Brew. Is there a musician called Nat Brew? He has a song. It says in Ga, Abaake Aba Aba Chumo, Wonye Yafo Kelacha. She ame Chumo, Wo Anyonyam Fe. It's not tongues. 
is God. And what he's saying is that they came that they were coming to wipe away our sweat and our tears. But they ended up wiping away all our glory. And this was what Kwame Nkrumah was fighting against. And he tried. He tried to build a nation that recognized how much God has blessed us for us to use what we have to develop our land so that anything we had to do with these foreign powers and all of that was just strategic. Not that they are the ones who have the solution to our problems. That's what he tried to do. But they fought against him. And they kicked him out. And since then, the nation has not been the same. One of the reasons why he was overthrown was that the nation was in debt. And he explained in one of the broadcasts he gave when he was in exile that you are talking about debt. Let me show you what the money was used for. The ports, the roads, the educational institutions, the hospitals. They were there to be seen. They were not imaginary. They are political parties that produce brochures explaining what they have done. And when you go to the place where they said they have built this, there's nothing to see. And we, the people of God, in the nation Ghana, must now seek the face of God for our nation. My friends, we don't have any other nation. We don't. When God determined to bring us into this world, he placed us in a nation called Ghana, which used to be called Gold Coast. Bordered by Togo, <laughs> Cote d'Ivoire, and Burkina Faso. And at the bottom, the Gulf of Guinea. That's where he placed us. Did he make a mistake? No, he did not. According to the counsel of his own will, this is where we were supposed to be. You are not a Ghanaian by mistake. Earlier on during our prayer meeting this morning, I mentioned that I saw a little, no, it was a documentary on television of a lady, a black girl, very black who was explaining very confidently that she is not black. She is white. Yes. And she, she confidently explained. And I find it very amusing when I listen to some of these Ghanaians in the diaspora 
when they are talking, they say, Ghana for dear. Ghana for dear. Ghana for dear. They say, look at you. <laughs> yes, you have citizenship and all of that. But can't you see that they don't respect you? Can't you see it? No matter how high you rise, in their sight, you are still a stranger. And they see you as inferior. Even though you sit in class with them and you score higher marks than they do, they still see you as inferior to them. I'm explaining something to you. We don't have any other nation. And we must rise. Humble ourselves. Acknowledge how we have joined everybody else to lambast our leaders. Lambast the government. Never. And all the things that we have said have not been productive. And we need to repent of that. Humble ourselves. And pray. And seek the face of God. And see him as the solution to our problems. And then the last condition is to turn from our wicked ways. James 4, 8 to 10. Come close to God and God will come close to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. Let there be tears for what you have done. Let there be sorrow and deep grief. Let there be sadness instead of laughter and gloom instead of joy. Humble yourself before the Lord and he will lift you up in honor. God is calling on us to turn from our wicked ways. And wickedness, corruption. When we are talking about it, we make it sound as if it is something that the, uh, the leaders are doing, but the citizens are free of that. Who told you? In our homes, there's corruption. In our schools, in our workplaces, there's corruption. It's not just at the top. It's a canker that has eaten into the very fabric of the society. At the very lowest level, it is there. That's how endemic the problem is. That is why planting for food and jobs, they will organize and go and bring plantain from the villages to come and sell them at very low prices to Ghanaians because they are trying to, you know, reduce the burden on the people, the struggles that the people are going through. Then the market women will come with their baskets and with their cars to come and carry the plantain which is supposed to alleviate the struggles of the people. Then they carry them to the market add their profits to it to sell it to the people. It's called wickedness. It is evil. And everybody is just trying to exploit the neighbor. 
And many of the people who do this, they are key members of the churches. <laughs> they are. And I believe that what we are going through as a nation, look, nobody should think that, oh, no be anything. Very soon, <laughs> it will end. The problem. That's what I, I'm praying for. That's what I hope for. But will it happen? Except God. But that is why, if we want God to turn the situation around in our country, we must do these four things. Humble ourselves. Pray. Seek his face. And turn from our wicked ways. And he says he will forgive us. And he will heal our land. Tomorrow, I don't know what's going to happen in parliament. Because it is the deadline for the minister of finance to present the budget for 2023. Without that budget being presented, government business will grind to a halt. It means that those who work in government institutions will not be paid. Monies that are supposed to go for the running of very important sectors of the nation, the monies will not go. And that thing can bring the nation down. I'm not a prophet of doom. But through this message that I've shared with us, God is calling on us that let's stop the childishness the criticizing, the complaining, the accusing, that partisan politics that we play, that we cannot see anything wrong with the party we support. And we see everything wrong with the party we don't support. And we join in. The people of God who are supposed to know better, we join in. And instead of solving the problem, we add to the problem. And so the nation keeps going down and down and down and down. So this is the word of God to us. That if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear them from heaven and I will forgive their sins and I will heal their land. Whenever you make time to pray, and I've given a directive, that any time we gather to pray as the Shepherd's Food Restoration family, we should never refrain from praying for our nation, Ghana. And we should be guided by the words of our national anthem. God bless our homeland, Ghana. And make our nation great and strong. Bold to defend forever. The cause of freedom and of right. Fill our hearts with true humility. And make us cherish fearless honesty. And help us to resist oppressors' rule with all 
our will and might forevermore. Rise to your feet. Let us pray. We failed you, Lord. We acknowledge it and we admit it before you today. As your people, supposed to be the beacon in the society, supposed to be light and salt in our land, we have failed you. For those you intended to bring solution to the problems of a nation, have rather compounded the situation by becoming part of the problem. We acknowledge our sins, our failures, our mistakes, and our shortcomings. And we ask, Father, that please forgive us. And we ask, O oh God, that you will melt our hearts and break us from within. Let your spirit help us to humble ourselves. For a broken and a contrite spirit you will not reject. And we pray, Father, for our homeland, Ghana, that have mercy on this nation and deliver us from the current crisis that we find ourselves in. Only you can bring us out and turn things around. Our confidence in ourselves is misplaced. For it is not of him that willeth, neither is it of him that runneth, but it is of you who showeth mercy. I pray, Father, have mercy and forgive us for our sins, evil, wickedness, corruption, dishonesty, insincerity, greed that we have exhibited. Let the blood of Jesus cleanse us, O oh God. And help us to be the light and the salt of the nation. And Father, we ask that you will heal our land. May this nation not fold up. May this nation not be destroyed. Father, please heal our land. Show us mercy and bring us out of the whole that we find ourselves in currently. For thy name's sake. In Jesus' mighty name have I prayed with thanksgiving. And let the people of God say, Amen. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Take out your offering. And your tithe, if you have it with you. And of course, it includes those of you watching. Lift it up and let us pray. Father, bless the offering. Bless the tithe that we present to you today. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. All right, James. God bless you all. Thank you for coming for service tonight. It's a very solemn message, but um, God placed it on my heart this morning. And um, that's why I've shared it with you. And I pray that God will have mercy on us and will heal our land. Rise to your feet and let us close. Thank you for being a part of today's times of impartation. Lift up your hand for a blessing. May the Lord bless us and keep us. May the Lord turn his face towards us and be gracious to us. May the Lord make his face shine upon us and grant us peace. 
May his presence and his favor go before us, behind us, be beside us, be around us, be within us. In our going out, in our coming in, in our times of laughter, in our times of crying, may God be with us and may he make a way for us even where there seems to be no way. Go from this place knowing that if God be for you, no one can be against you. And that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the sweet fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now and forevermore. Amen. Thank you for listening to The Shepherd's Voice with Pastor Johnny Awanyo. We do hope that you were greatly blessed. For further inquiries, please call, WhatsApp, or send an SMS text to plus 233-243-886-622. God bless you.